Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. When great events in history occur, do witnesses realize the importance? Looking back on my time now, I realize I was one of the lucky ones, privileged to tell the stories of those times. I'm Orville Mulligan, sports writer. How did I end up here? Just lucky, I guess. I know what you're thinking. What with a name like Orville Mulligan, he's about to tell us it was 99 and 44 100% pure Irish luck. But that's more like something my mother and father would say. History, should it choose to remember me, will show that January 1st, 1900 was the date of my birth. Ma and Da saw great meaning in this confluence of numbers on the calendar. And when they heard the news about a man with a Christian name the same as mine becoming the first man to achieve flight, well, they took that as a divine sign. After all, what Irish parents would choose to name their son Orville? Ma claimed it had come to her in a dream. And when Orville Wright flew his glider at Kitty Hawk, that was confirmation of my utterly unique status. All of my earliest childhood memories come with a background of this infield chatter. Man of the future, they would say. Born at the dawn of a new century, would they enthusiastically describe to friends. Should I protest that my fortuitous arrival into this world actually occurred at the rather mundane hour of three in the afternoon, and that the first year of the 20th century was actually 1901, the aggrandizing would give way to a torrent of lamentations in their distinctive patois of Irish and English. Theirs was the standard immigrant story. Da took the jobs the Irish and Negroes got in Pittsburgh. 12, 14, 16-hour shifts in a steel mill. Da took pride that his steel mill was opened by Andrew Carnegie himself. At first, Ma worked as a seamstress, taking jobs at home. When I got old enough for school, she went to go work for one of the industrial laundry works. Their toils were all in service of... Excuse me, ladies and gentlemen. I apologize for the interruption. Orville, you're going to have to start over. What? Why? Because we're already several minutes into this, and all we've heard about are your parents. I'm just trying to establish character and background. Mine is the American story. I am of old world stock and such. Well, I certainly don't feel grounded. No matter. As your editor, I would have red-penned all of that, so you have no choice. All right. Uh, Let's see. The 1920s, the Roaring Twenties, the Jazz Age with flippers and flappers, speakeasies and flagpole sitting. Everything was changing. Everything. Not just the music, but the politics, the clothes, the technology, and especially the sports. It was a... Just one more moment, if you would, folks. That's not it either. It's all sizzle and no lamb chop. Let me help you. The series is called Orville Mulligan, Sports Writer. 
And so? So, what's this introduction supposed to be about, college boy? You're right. You're right. You always are. Well, almost always. I'm broke and I ain't got a dime. I'm broke and I ain't got a dime. How did I end up here? I don't know. I never planned on becoming a sports writer. As a wise man once told me, consider yourself a writer first. And that's me, a writer first. No, no, no. Now it's all grounding, but superficial grounding. Get to the drama, Mr. Writer First. Start the story as late as possible. May I? Bien sûr, mademoiselle. Now don't get French with me. I apologize one more time, dear audience. He's better about telling the story than being the story. Let's see. Maybe something like... It was August 23rd, 1920, a pleasantly, if slightly unseasonably cool day in Pittsburgh. Elsewhere, the Polish army had taken Solodow in Russia. In Costa Rica, women got the right to vote. In Camden, New Jersey, eight people were killed when the train collided with an autobus. And about four miles eastward, Jeff Pepper and the Dodgers were shutting out our Pittsburgh pirates. He sat there across from me, otherwise alone in the office, as I pretended to review his letter of introduction and clippings yet again. I'd already done so a good three times, and quite frankly was rather impressed with his sharp writing style. With a little refining and discipline, he might become a talented journalist. I was yet unsure, however, as precisely what manner we were to employ him. Excuse me, miss, but is Mr. Delft expected back any time soon? My appointment was set for nearly 20 minutes ago. It shouldn't be long now, Mr. Mulligan. Your continued patience is appreciated. Are you Mr. Delft's secretary, then? I am the assistant to the editor-in-chief of the Pittsburgh Guardian newspaper and affiliated publications. As such, currently among my duties are those of office manager, copy editor, proofreader, general quality control, maintenance, advertisement sales, receptionist, and occasional caterer. I am Mr. Delft's secretary, primarily for convenience of the newspaper's masthead. And your name? Marla. Just Marla? <laughs> no, it's Marla Delft, actually. So, you're Mr. Delft's... Daughter. His daughter, right. Is this the interview for the position, then? I assumed you'd already been hired. Otherwise, Mr. Delft wouldn't have asked me to arrange this appointment. Say, what kind of operation is this, anyway? An excellent question. The Pittsburgh Guardian was founded in 1887 as a twice-weekly broadsheet by Mr. William J. Lindstrom. He took on Mr. Delft just before the globe folded, and the two of them managed to keep the Guardian afloat through the aughts and the teens, eventually expanding publication to five days a week, then six. Mr. Lindstrom retired after 30 years of running the Guardian and moved to Havana after selling the operation to Mr. Delft for the nominal sum of one dollar. Today, the Guardian is Pittsburgh's eighth biggest daily by circulation, with distribution mostly in Oakland and the east side. Mr. Delft's editorial philosophy is one of quality over quantity, modernity over tradition. As the paper's budget and payroll manager, another of my duties here, I can say with some authority that the Guardian is run in a constant state of crisis. Nevertheless, Mr. Delft insists on employing roving reporters traveling throughout Pennsylvania and the rest of the USA to cover stories that other Pittsburgh papers might just run off the wire service. Quality over quality. 
Another prominent characteristic of Mr. Delft's editorial ship is his adherence to the latest in gadgetry. We've got four ticker tape machines, two for national and international news, one for financial and one for sports. We've got six box cameras, none more than two years old, though we employ just one in-house photographer. And right here are not one, not two, but three telephones in one office. About the only machine that's not ahead of its time is Mr. Delft's Jalopy. You've heard of the Model T? I figure this one is to be a Model F. That will be Mr. Delft now. Marlon, everything on track? I'm still waiting on Larry's city elections piece and hoping for more on the Solidal story from the wires. Efficient as ever. Let me bang out the editorial and we can pasteboard it up. Uh, Father, this is Orville Mulligan, whom you requested come in today for the sports writer position. Wait, sports writer position? Oh, yes, of course. Good to meet you, kid. You're the one that sent the piece on the Greek sculpture, right? Uh, I... Father, his were on working conditions in the steel mills. Yes, that's it. Great stuff. Just great. Great to have you on board, Oliver. Can you start immediately? It's Orville, sir. And I suppose so, yes, I can start immediately and all, but are you certain I'm the best for the job? At the Pennsylvanian, I wrote almost nothing on sports. Marla, can Osgood here write? I mean, write like Will would want. Does he have it? It is my opinion that Mr. Orville Mulligan is a very strong writer with the potential to be extraordinary. Great! Great to have you aboard. But... Look, son, Marla says you can write, and clearly, you want to write. Or else... You wouldn't be here. That's most of the battle. News, history, life, it happens everywhere. There are stories everywhere. No matter what you're covering, what beat you're on, consider yourself a writer first. Can you do that, Orville? Yes. Yes, why not? I mean, yes. Yes, I can do that. Great, great. Marla, get Orville on the train to Canton. Set him up with Thorpe for tomorrow night at the usual spot. Now I've got to write this editorial. Thorpe? Jim Thorpe, the Olympian? That's right, kid. See, you do know your sports. Marla, tell him what he needs to know. I want the story on this new American football federation. It's the American Professional Football Association. On Friday, owners of semi-pro football teams came from four states, met to sign a charter for our interstate or national league. Shouldn't you be writing this down? Oh, right, right. Among the team owners signing the charter was Jim Thorpe, more or less owner of the Canyon Bulldogs. You'll be meeting him at Fender's Tavern near downtown. Don't worry, I'll get you the map. But let's get to it. Now, that's a proper introduction. Nicely done, Mr. Mulligan. Thank you. And your assistance was as invaluable as ever, Ms. Delft. Why, thank you, Mr. Mulligan. Now take this story home like Babe Ruth. Or Jim Thorpe. Mixed metaphor. Hey, he played baseball. Okay, okay. <laughs> that trip to Canton was the first of so many that I'd eventually take around this country, and I'd like to think that somewhere along the way I became decent at the art and craft of sports writing. The final verdict may yet be pronounced on that matter, but presently I can say one thing for certain. Old Frank Delft was right. Stories happen everywhere. Looking back on my time now, I realize how amazing it was to tell the stories of those times. How did I end up here? Just lucky, I guess. Until next time, I'm Orville Mulligan, sports writer. You've been listening.
listening to Orville Mulligan, Sports Writer, a production of the Sports History Network and Number 80 Productions. Orville Mulligan stars Doug Fye, Ilana Fye, Eric Bodwell. Producers are Darren Hayes and Oz Davis. The series concept creation by Darren Hayes. Script for this episode was written by Oz Davis. The theme song is Dayton Triangle's Rag and was arranged and performed by Bruce Smith. Other music used in this production includes Dardanella by Dick McDonough and his orchestra, No No Nora by the Carolinas, One Time Blues by Blind Lemon Jefferson, and Japanese Sandman by Paul Whiteman and his Swinging Strings. Keep your dial locked to this podcast station for the next great episode of Orville Mulligan, Sports Writer, coming soon. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Hello, football friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Pigskin Dispatch Podcast, and I'd like to invite you to the portal of positive football history, Pigskin Dispatch and pigskindispatch.com. We talk about everything that centers around the game of American football, expert discussions, the origins of the games, the great players, teams, and coaches, and more, and some great guests and insights from experts. We have new episodes three to four times a week, and you can find us on sportshistorynetwork.com, pigskindispatch.com, or your favorite podcast provider. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.